fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared. Here's Patricia Raskin with Positive Living on the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. It's always such an honor and pleasure to be with you. Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I. That's why I do my show on Voice America. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives, and today is no exception. You can call us at 888-335-5204, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. My guests today are two of my favorite folks. They've been on my programs several times, many times, and they're a delightful couple, Judith Shervin, husband and wife, Ph.D., couple, Judith Shervin, Ph.D., and James Nikowski, a happily married couple, are two of the country's most respected and pioneering authorities on successful relationships. They are authors of Beloved for Who You Really Are and The New Intimacy, and they offer workshops, teleseminars, and corporate training all around the country. And they have a brand-new book, and I thought this would be great in February to talk about this, Their brand-new book is The Smart Couple's Guide to the Wedding of Your Dreams, Planning Together for Less Stress and More Joy. And you can log on to smartweddingcouples.com or judithandjim.com. Welcome, Judith and Jim. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Patricia. Okay, why did you, I mean, you you write about relationships and, you know, magical, understanding differences and the new intimacy and being loved for who you are. Why did you decide to write about weddings? You know, because we saw over and over in our consulting office and then in conversations with friends that very often marriage problems stemmed back from how they had behaved during their wedding planning. Really? Yes. And we'd also, before we even met, Jim and I had some concerns about aspects of the typical wedding that were not conducive to the couple really taking their adult, mature place in society while getting married, then in fact they were often treated like like they were the kids. For instance, when the parents create the, the wedding for the their children, mm-hmm. very often the bride and groom are treated precisely like children. Mm-hmm. The parents are paying mm-hmm. for everything. Right. The parents right. are deciding most right. everything. The parents' friends are mostly who are thought, you know, to be important on the guest list and so forth and so on until now the couple's back from their honeymoon and they have no experience working together, making decisions together, learning each other's choices and tastes and so forth, which they will do if they follow what our book teaches, which is to plan your wedding together. And you know what? I just looked on your website and it's so wonderful because you hear you and Jim talking about about your work on your website. So it's very visual and it's a very good site in terms of finding out really what the book is about. Yes, and as Judith was saying, we not only, Patricia, had uh, conversations with people about weddings, but we had conversations with people about the fact that they did not plan their weddings together. This, these people were older, of course, mm-hmm. and we asked what, after, after having been married together, 
what was, as you can tell, the consequence of having started your marriage separated by the, the typical yeah. wedding planning yeah. process. Yeah. And they were resentful. She, she experienced much of the burden. Mm-hmm. He experienced only the burden that was dumped on him while she was experiencing mm-hmm. the burden, although albeit by her choice. And it was not very romantic, and we've been told again and again that if they had to do it over again, they would plan it together from the first moment. Okay, so here's my question to both of you. If parents are not involved and couples are older, I'm looking at second marriages, maybe third marriages, are there as many issues as there would be if you were younger with your parents getting involved? Well, there are, uh, certainly there are not going to be the parental issues necessarily, though what we hear from people of all ages is that as soon as they announce they're getting married, half the world decides they know exactly how this couple should be getting married. The friends, everybody jumps into the pot and pronounces what they need to be doing and what they shouldn't be doing, and that happens at every age. So another reason that we suggest the bride and groom do their wedding together is they can then talk in advance of announcing they're engaged, know what kind of wedding they really want. They don't have to pin down the details, but just an approximate size, the kind of style, so that when they do announce they're getting married and people start to come in with their ideas of what should happen, mm-hmm. then they can have a united front and be able to say, you know, thank you so much for your desire to help, but we know exactly what we want for our wedding. And if you would like to give us some actual physical help down the road, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Well, and does it say something about if you're letting your friends influence you that much and, you know, your husband-to-be is, is getting upset, but you're kind of going with what your friends are telling you? Isn't that also kind of a clue you know, of what it might be like later? You know, Patricia, we have coined, Judith and I have coined the phrase emotional cheating. And everybody's heard mm-hmm. sexual cheating. Mm-hmm. But emotional cheating is essentially the same thing. Yeah. Sexual cheating is understood. You take your need to someone other than the person you're committed to. Right. Well, emotional cheating is you take your need to someone other than the person you're committed to. It's just not sexual. It's emotional. And so, in a way, if she is busy complying to and and submitting to the desires of her friends, and he is not included or she's not conferring with him, she is creating a kind of emotional affair, and that is very dangerous to the health of the relationship. Right. right. Now... Jim, having said that, if she goes back to him and says, look, I just spoke to so-and-so and this is how they really feel, I'd like to talk to you about that. What do you think? That's a different story, correct? Entirely different story because so-and-so said whatever. And now the, the, the question I would put if I were, for example, if they were in our consulting office, I would say, how important is so-and-so? Right. If it's a parent, that's one thing. If it's some friend at the, at the office, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. But if so-and-so says X, and she goes back to him and says, so-and-so said X, what do you think? And they come to some mutual conclusion. That's no big deal. And, in mm-hmm. fact, if she has some concern about something, she might go talk to so-and-so mm-hmm. and then go to him. Mm-hmm. That way, he's included. They're creating something together. Mm-hmm. All right. I've got a question for both of you, and this is, this is really interesting because let's look at, now, I don't know if you deal mostly with first marriages or second and third marriages or all of the above. All of the above. All right. But let, let's look at... Marriages later on, only because those tend to be a little bit different, the weddings, than your first wedding. How important is it in the long-term scope of things in a second or third marriage to have a big fancy wedding 
and have a big fancy honeymoon. How important is all of that later on? Well, it's going to depend entirely on the two people involved. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, Patricia, we have almost 150 stories in the Smart Couples Guide to the Wedding of Your Dreams where they demonstrate how smart they were to design the wedding of their choice, of their dreams, whether it was a second wedding or a third or a first. Mm-hmm. They honored what was truly important to them. Right. And that gives them a really solid ground for starting their marriage with integrity, with self-respect, and with expression of who they are. So that mm-hmm. if a couple on their second or third marriage wants the big wedding and they have the money to spend on it, for instance, there's a story in the book of a couple. It was their second, each of their second wedding. And they wanted two entirely different kinds of receptions. They both agreed mm-hmm. they'd get married in the courtyard of a hotel. But she wanted the formal dinner, right, following the ceremony in the hotel. He, who had served in Vietnam, wanted to ride in somewhere with his black leather jacket on on his motorcycle (laughs) with her on the back. And they went to a wedding coordinator, and she said... How do you put those two together? Well, she said, you guys can afford to have both. Mm. And so they hired her to put on both, and they had the formal dinner for 60 people in the hotel. Mm. And it was very, very personal, very... Um, elegant but very personal, and then she rented the gymnasium of a junior high and made it a sock hop. The entire place was decorated for a 50 sock hop. 180 people were invited to that party, and everybody was told to dress in their 50s garb. You know, the DJ played 50s music. She rented outfits for all of the bridesmaids to be the waitresses. On and on, the details were really the sweetest, most touching, meaningful things you could have. And he rode in on his motorcycle with her on the back, and he had a duck tail, and she had her beehive, and it was great. Mm. <laughs> and it worked. And it, it worked. worked. And it worked. Precisely, it worked. But now other couples who might want to do something very small or just a few friends, I think what you're saying is that you have to look at what both people want, that there's no right or wrong here. There's no right or wrong. You can do a strictly traditional wedding or you can do something that is so unique no one's ever seen it before. Mm-hmm. And it's not an issue of right or wrong. It's an issue of what is meaningful to you. In chapter 2 in our book is called Popping the Questions, plural. We all know the pop the question, will you, I will, and that's the engagement. But there are, we offer a series of questions. This is not a quiz or a test. It is a series of questions that the couple can use to create a dialogue so they can get to know one another more deeply because, as you know, Patricia, in that early stage, the very romantic stage that's the early stage of a relationship, we don't ask a lot of foundational down-to-earth questions because we're off the ground and floating in the, in the bliss of that early stage. This particular chapter offers them questions that they can use so that, in fact, they know what they want and they can put on together what is meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. And we have stories in the book that range from $600 to a million and a half, mm-hmm. from the million and a half dollar wedding, which was, <clears throat> excuse me, three days in Aspen, with, with China being shipped in from Los Angeles. And, and uh, what was that country singer's name? Lyle Lovett was the entertainment. Lyle Lovett was, mm-hmm. he was the entertainment. And we have another one where it was in the, a national forest, and it was a barbecue. And there were about 40 people there, and it cost them nothing. 
Interesting. So it really depends. All right, we're going to take a break. My guests are Judith Shervin and James Nikowski, both PhDs, a happily married couple who are two of the country's most respected and pioneering authorities on successful relationships. Their newest book is The Smart Couple's Guide to the Wedding of Your Dreams. You can log on to smartweddingcouples.com. There's plenty more folks. You can call us at 888-335-5204. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com This week on Slice of Sci-Fi with Michael and Evo, Lake Bell from Surface joins us to tell us about the show, and TD-0013, our resident stormtrooper, joins us in studio to help us talk about the sci-fi that's happened this week. That's this week on Slice of Sci-Fi with Michael and Evo. Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Did you know the young adult generation, otherwise known as the Echo Boomers, born between the late 1970s and 1995, number 78 million in our population? They are responsible and drink less, smoke less, do fewer drugs, and commit less crime than previous generations. Advocating America's Young Adult with hosts Chloe White and Charlie Fairchild aggressively addresses the current and cutting-edge issues affecting the young adult. It is a world of inherent unfairness for this age group, and the situation continues to deteriorate. The time for meaningful change has arrived. And our Advocating America's Young Adult is here to make an impact. Tune into Advocating America's Young Adult with host Chloe White and Charlie Fairchild. West Coast Business Review and host Amy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific time on VoiceAmericaRadio.com. Visit our website at www.WestCoastBusinessReview.com. West Coast Business Reviews, show me the business, connecting you to the business world. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Everyone, we are back. We're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. As I always say, I'm so happy to be on Voice America because what Voice America does is, through the internet, which is really probably one of the most powerful vehicles we have today, brings you tremendous information. And what my program does, Positive Living, is bring you practical solutions and positive principles, which is exactly what we're doing today. I have a great show for you today, and today is I call this it's February, so it's Valentine's Month. And we're talking about relationships and actually planning your wedding. 
my guests are friends of mine who've been on my programs for a long time. They're both experts and delightful, Judith Shervin and James Nikowski. Married couple, both PhDs, two of the country's most respected and pioneering authorities on successful relationships. They are authors of Beloved for Who You Really Are and The New Intimacy. And their newest book is The Smart Couple's Guide to the Wedding of Your Dreams, Planning Together for More for Less Stress and More Joy. And their website is smartweddingcouples.com. And you actually see them and you can hear them. They have a they have a little speech that you can hear right on the internet when you log on. And what they talk about is how to plan the wedding and all the things you need to look out for. Welcome back, Judith and Jim. Oh, thank, thank you, you Patricia. Patricia. And I just want to add that when people when people go to smartweddingcouples.com, they can also download a free two-chapter excerpt from the book so they can get a real flavor of what the book is like. And then if they, if they want to order it, they can just, it, goes, it takes them right through to Amazon. Okay, great. All right, here's the question I asked you during the break. And I want to know if this is a red flag in the relationship. Uh, the woman, and I'm, I'm going to just use an example here. The woman says, I want this beautiful wedding. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. The man says it's too much money, it's ridiculous, it's a waste of time, we could do something else with that. And this is becoming a real bone of contention in the relationship before the marriage. Is this a red flag about whether or not their marriage is going to work? Yes. Generally speaking, yes. Now, we w- there will always be conflicts in relationships, and from our perspective, the conflict that rises in a relationship is telling you that you have to pay attention, something needs to be changed. That's why it's risen to the level of a conflict. However, if they cannot resolve this, if they go through and and they're at this big wedding, let's just say, and he's under his breath resentful, and she's beaming, but she knows he's resentful, Mm -hmm. that is going to set a foundation for how their marriage is going to proceed. Because, Patricia, and this is a a lot of brides and grooms don't have a clue about this, and that is how you treat each other during the wedding planning process sets a ground and a template for how you treat each other when you actually get into the marriage so people have best pay attention. And, and mm-hmm. also, Patricia, Jim talked about emotional cheating uh, a bit ago yes. in the last segment. If she is bound and determined to have the big, I'm making it up to be this way, but the big, fancy, Princess for a day kind of wedding, right? And he's saying, "Let's be practical about it. Let's improve right. our finances. You know, we'd like to have a down payment on a home, right?" And she dismisses what he's suggesting and just, in, you know, insists on having her wedding. She is more married to the wedding of her dreams than and she to him. is to the man that mm. she says she loves and wants to be married Interesting. to. Interesting. So. One of the reasons, again, that we suggest that the bride and groom plan their wedding together is these kinds of issues are going to be exposed, whereas they won't be if she's off planning it by herself or with her mother and he's excluded from it. They'll never run into these problems until after they're married. And then crash, boom, it's in their face. And we really recommend in the book that if couples cannot work this out in an amicable way while they're planning, then they can succeed in amicably breaking it off and not going forward. Mm. Then they don't have to bother getting divorced. And have you advised that to some people? Have yes. you had to come to that? Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we, we wouldn't put that in the book and not, you know, not walk our talk. Absolutely we have. And, in fact, people have not. And in one particular case I'm remembering, they came back, she came back and thanked us. 
Really? It, it, was just, it was wrong. It was just wrong. They were, <clears throat> they were more caught up in uh, the idea of the wet marriage and the wedding than the actuality of what they were getting into. Almost the romance. They yes. were caught up in the romance of how right. she was. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm remembering another couple where we advised it, and they essentially shrugged their shoulders at us and went ahead. And two years later, they were back in our office talking about divorce counseling. Mm. Mm. So this particular period, if the people can do it together, and to the degree they can do it together, it's not 100% from each necessarily, but, but they are intending and they're joined together, they can create a mutual vision for what they want the wedding to look like and a mutual meaning for what the wedding should look like and the marriage should be, and they also get to practice the emotional skills they will need to make their marriage work while they're planning their wedding. Because what you're saying is this is such a big event that it's an indicator. Exactly, exactly. exactly. And, and Patricia, you know what we're seeing is that people are so grateful for our book because it gives them permission to be far more creative and individual than the typical wedding planner that's very useful in terms of how to arrange your reception, how to do those practical steps. But, for instance, we got an email last week from a gal who'd read our book, and she was rejoicing. She was just came right through her email that because of our book, she would never have before that thought to ask her groom to go shopping for her wedding gown with her. And I thought that was a no-no in the past. Well, see, in it the was. past, it, it was. was. He wasn't supposed to see the gown right. before she walked down the aisle. Right. But the history of that, Patricia, is interesting. The reason that the, the actual um, source of the wearing of the veil and not seeing the bride before she walked down the metaphorical aisle mm-hmm. is that in the past marriages were arranged. Mm-hmm. In some cases they still are. And as early as they were arranged when the children were children because families were doing something political or whatever, and they de- the, the veil wasn't raised until the vows were made and the legality was set in place just in case the veil was raised. And he said, oh, my God, I'm out of here. Right, right. <laughs> that, so that's where that comes from. And we, we really want to help couples understand that yeah. that superstition doesn't make a lot of sense anymore mm-hmm. when, in fact, the groom and the bride, as this writer told us, they were beaming on each other. She said, I wouldn't have missed that moment for anything, even though all my friends were aghast that I'd invited him to go shopping with me. She said the romance, the sweet bond that they had in that bridal salon, well, they discovered, as she put in quotes, the perfect dress. Mm. Now, notice, he's going to have that moment with her, and we advise taking the photographs before the ceremony for the same reason that it's okay to see her before, and then you don't have to leave your guests Mm -hmm. at the reception drinking and busying themselves while you're having your formal pictures taken. Mm -hmm. Perhaps your hair is already falling down, Mm -hmm. your makeup's a little soggy. Do it before. Now the groom has that special moment with you. And then he gets to see you walk down the aisle, or he Mm -hmm. walks you down the aisle and has that special moment with you. Mm -hmm. Why not have more that's special instead of superstition? Mm-hmm. What about in your book here? You talk about popping the question, you know, and and I think of that myself. Is how does that work, particularly if you're the second or third time around? You know, should it just be, hey, should we get married and we really like each other, or what if two people are living together, or what if they're seeing each other all the time? I mean, should it be this formal getting on your hands and knees and giving the ring? Talk about that. 
Well, I don't think it should be getting on your knees, nor on your hands and knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. However, Patricia, if you think about what it is that's occurring in the moment, I say to Judith, will you marry me? Those are the words that just that most people use. That means, will you join your life with mine? Yeah. With and so that we can work together, live together, love together, build together, create a togetherness that never existed before because it's only the two of us. Mm-hmm. That is a special moment, whether you're 18 or you're 80, mm-hmm. because it still means the same thing. Will you join with me here? It just has been reduced to, will you marry me? Yes, and then they run out and tell everybody and effectively give the precious moment of the engagement away instead of instead of savoring savoring it within themselves. For example, Judith and I did not announce our engagement for three months. Mm. We lived with it. We sat with it. We were with it. We talked with each other. We found out what it really meant to each of us to have taken this step, and it could have theoretically been possible that we would have found out, no, we don't want to go further here, so we wanted to wait. And we actually advise couples to wait in the announcement of their engagement for a couple of reasons. But the most, the most important reason is that they can really begin to bond together because when they announce it, as you know, everybody's going to come out of the woodwork both joyously and imposing their idea of what their wedding should look like, and they've already created a bond that can withstand that kind of pressure. Mm. It's almost like waiting to tell people that you're pregnant. Right. Yes. Yeah, Same right. thing. Same thing. Yeah, until right. I mean, it's, it's really kind of a done deal in a sense. So... What about, though, folks in the same vein who are living together or see each other all the time? You don't think it makes a difference. They still need to talk about that in the same way. Oh, absolutely, because what we know is that most couples get married without talking through some of the very major aspects of their joining together even things at, that might be as obvious as whether they're, they're going to have children or not, mm-hmm. career goals on both sides, educational desires on both sides, if people haven't completed their education, finances, in-laws. That's what Jim referred to earlier about popping the questions. Even when people have been living together, and again, Jim and I have worked with so many couples who have lived together a number of years, once they decided to get married, it turned out they hadn't talked about hardly any of this. Mm-hmm. They just had gone along, mm-hmm. enjoying their life, and then wanted to get married. You know, there's, there's something I have to, it keeps popping up as you were talking, Judith. There's a book by Susan Tiber. She was on Oprah. It's called The 101 Questions That You Must Ask Before You Say I Do. Uh-huh. It's just 100 questions. And, 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 and you go no, through every one of them. And, and there are no specific answers. They're the answers that you provide from having been asked the question. Okay. So it's not like, again, it's not like a quiz or a test. It's to, it's to help you reach into yourself so that right. you can express who you are as clearly as you can. Right. All right, we're going to take a break. My guests are Judith Sherman and James Nikowski, Ph.D., married couple who are two of the country's most respected and pioneering authorities on successful relationships. And their newest book is The Smart Couple's Guide to the Wedding of Your Dreams. Planning together for less stress and more joy. Log on to smartweddingcouples.com. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. You want to know about it? We want to talk about it. Voice.VoiceAmerica.com Have you put down the morning paper in disgust because they weren't reporting what you wanted to read? Have you wondered why there aren't more women's voices in the news? Well, so have I, and we're about to change that. This is former Minnesota State Senator Ember Reichgott Young. I hope you'll join me for a new radio show every Thursday all about women on the move. We'll look at what's missing in the news, the issues often ignored in mainstream media, like how does Social Security reform really affect women? Why is the Department of Labor proposing to stop collecting workforce data on women? What role will women play in Iraq's new government? We'll create that debate right here. The Ember Reichgott Young Show will have prominent women you know and inspiring women you don't know. We'll share stories of women's leadership, courage, and vision. We just need you to be part of the conversation. So join us for the Ember Reichgott Young Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. It's all about you, women on the move, on voiceamerica.com. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race star. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Expand love and light in the universe. Tune into Miracles Happen, Dreams Do Come True with Iris Jackson every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Each week, Iris and her guests empower, encourage, affirm, acknowledge, and remind us of who we really are, providing tools and processes to fulfill our destiny passionately, victoriously, and joyously. Miracles Happen, Dreams Do Come True is under the guidance and direction of our beloved I Am Presence, the seven mighty Elohim, the ascended masters, and the legions of light, and is given with fervent and heartfelt wishes that all of your dreams come true and are a thousand times more wonderful than you ever dreamed possible. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. We are here with Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice, on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. My guests today are Judith Shervin and James Nikowski, husband and wife team, both PhDs, and they are two of the country's most respected pioneering authorities on successful relationships. They are the authors of Beloved for Who You Really Are and The New Intimacy. They offer workshops, teleseminars, and corporate trainings. Their newest book, which is delightful, is The Smart Couple's Guide to the Wedding of Your Dreams, Planning Together for Less Stress and More Joy. And it's delightful in that it tells you great things, but it also gives you the red flags of what you should look for if this is not the right wedding. So log on to smartweddingcouples.com. Welcome back, Judith and Jim. All right, you said something during the break, Tim, which I loved, and, and I'm going to couch it into a question. You know, 
I'm going to give you set up a scenario. Two people who, um, let's say, have been married before or are a little older and have been in relationships, and they haven't worked. So this is the second time or the third time, or as I said, they've been in relationships and they finally think they found something. But what they realize is that they found somebody who is so different in form from what they're used to or what their expectation is supposed to be that sometimes they fight it and they find out later, no, 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 this is really a great thing, but it just doesn't come in this typical package I'm used to. So here we are planning a wedding and we're thinking about this. Talk about that whole conception of, of the right and wrong person. Well, what we said and what Judith and I not only teach, but we experienced with each other, and I'll give you the details in a moment, is that if the person that you are with does not come, at least in some degree, from beyond your imagination, then you are stuck in having what you've always had. Mm. Judith and I, for example, mm. we're not each other's types. She is, she's, she's a Northern European, Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. I was always attracted to Middle Eastern-looking kinds of women. Mm-hmm. And still, to be honest with you, still do. Mm-hmm. There's a, sort of an immediate response. Mm-hmm. Judith and I uh, were very different in a lot of ways. And we, ke- we kept going out. We had five blind dates. We would meet each other in places. I didn't even know where she lived. I did not have her home phone number. She had my work number. I had her work number. We were just going out. And then one day, it struck that we really had something special, and we went to an Italian restaurant in Santa Monica and sat for two hours with with espresso and some sweets and saying to one another, who are you? Mm. Where did you come from? Mm. You're not what I expected. Mm-hmm. You're not. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that she didn't have qualities I wanted mm-hmm. and I didn't have qualities that she wanted. Mm-hmm. But there were other things that came with it that was, I did, who are you? We kept saying, I don't know who you are. I don't know what to do here. Yeah, I kept saying, you're not like any man I've ever known mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. and yet I yep. have the most delicious, yep. scary thrill yes. in my stomach mm-hmm. that I've never mm-hmm. felt with any man on this planet. And, and, or you meet somebody that is so different in, in, type, in the type of work they did or the way that they think in a way from what you have done, or, or not the way they think, because your values are often similar. Right. But their life experience has been so different from yours. Right, right. exactly. That you don't understand. You say, how, if, you know, I've been at the ball and the person's been on the front line. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if, if, uh, if there is some force that moves us along, some people call it God, some people call it the universe, some people call it fate, that force is putting you in a position where this person who's different from you mm-hmm. is actually busting your expectations. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's happening is because if you stay with your expectations, you will only you get what you already have, which didn't work in the exactly. first place. Exactly. But, Jim and Judith, what that means is that you, in getting this message, have got to look at yourself and realize what you need to change and adjust or you're going to go back to the same thing. Right. Exactly. And, you know, one of the gifts that we really are blessed with when we agree to enter into a committed relationship, one that is sincere, one where there truly is love and respect between the two people, is that our narcissism, because every single one of us has a little too much narcissism in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. And when we need to share a life with somebody, it busts our chops that we are not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. Our way is not the only way to slice tomatoes mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. 
And so one of the real blessings of being in a marriage, particularly where you've agreed to close that back door and you're going to work it out for the rest of your life with this beloved other person, is that little by little you give up your narcissism and you learn to let love lead and you open your heart more and more and more mm-hmm. and your life just gets fuller and fuller. But not without conflict because the narcissism, you know, is busy hammering at you. Oh, okay, so let's, let's translate this into your book then. So if that's the case then, if you really do open your heart and you let some of that narcissism go, then do some of these details of the wedding which are hanging you up, do you think they can be solved because you're opening your heart and getting beyond it? What will happen very often is they will fall away or they, if they don't fall away, they get transformed because if two people are planning it together, neither, each one of them is bringing to the, the moment a different vision and if they really listen to each other, and not just on the detail, because you have to ask questions like, what does your position mean to you? Why is it so important to you? So that I can understand, Patricia, why this is so meaningful to you, and you do the same with me, we generally will come up with a solution that neither one of us have thought of before. Mm. So as a result, it truly does, be- it's like having a baby. You have the sperm, which I, I have the sperm, which you don't have, and you have the egg, which I don't have. Mm-hmm. We put them together, and we create something that looks a little like the both of us. Mm. Right. So that's where opening the heart comes. Because that's right. when you start getting into no, 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 this is it, and he's saying no, 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 this is it my way, then what's going to happen later on? Right. See, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's yeah. why we also encourage couples in in our book, The Smart Couple's Guide to the Wedding of Your Dreams, to be smart about their money. I was going to ask you about money next and prenuptials next. <laughs> See, exactly. Because, uh, again, if the parents are paying for this wedding, the, the bride and groom don't have to think about a budget or don't have to think mm-hmm. about their own budget in mm-hmm. any case. And they don't have to settle into a conversation about how are we going to run our finances and what are our goals in terms of home ownership or investment or having a child and educating that child and so forth. But when you plan the wedding together and you pay for it yourselves, and we highly recommend that couples who can afford to pay for it themselves, therefore they're completely independent, they're not obligated to anybody, mm-hmm. and that brings them even again to a closer heart-to-heart about how they're going to spend their precious money together. It sets them up for a very successful marriage. And it also demonstrates to themselves and the community that they are capable of doing this thing called marriage because, as you well know, Patricia, marriage is not unlike a business. There's money in, there's money out, money has to be allocated here, money's put aside for that, and if you don't know how to handle that money, well, the best way to express it is money is at the very top three of the of the issues that bring marriages to divorce court. And let's, uh, let's uh, add to that. What is your feeling about prenuptial financial agreements? We endorse them. We're very positive about them. Now, the legal prenup is really only necessary for couples where somebody or both have substantial funds. But we recommend in our book, and we have a a chapter about this whole issue, because we recommend to the couples that they have a serious conversation, as Jim and I did before we got married. We did a prenup, but we didn't do the typical one. Because I went to an attorney, and she essentially guided us that we were supposed to act like we were about to get divorced before mm-hmm. we were even married. And mm-hmm. I walked out short of the hour and said, excuse me, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. We found a family attorney who just told us to write down what we wanted. 
she would guide us through the language. We had it notarized. We filed it with, with the county clerk, mm-hmm. and it's still there someplace. <laughs> but what mm-hmm. it did for us, mm-hmm. Patricia, is we spent the most romantic evening in front of a fireplace talking about what our assets were, what our debts were, mm-hmm. and we had some. What our and styles were. What our mm-hmm. style of paying bills was, mm-hmm. our investment ideas, on and on and on. And it was so revealing and so intimate. And then we wrote it all down in terms of how we wanted to proceed mm-hmm. thereafter. And in the book, we even tell a story of a couple who married for the second time. And in their prenup, they included that they would go out to dinner one night a week. Because in her previous marriage, she, she didn't have any going out to dinner. So she had, mm. she'd had it written down. Right. You can put in anything. The point really? is to have those conversations. And, and you know, and Judith said that prenup is a legal document. Well, you don't necessarily have to have a legal document, but you have to have a mutual understanding of mm. how you're going to proceed. It's stunning how many people don't talk about this before they actually get married, mm-hmm. and they fumble their way through. Mm-hmm. So the important thing here is to have the conversation you don't have to formalize it on paper unless you feel you need to, but you have to have some idea of where you're going. Nobody would start a business without a business plan, and yet we jump into marriages as though they're supposed to just somehow work. Mm-hmm. All right, excellent. We're going to take a break. My guests are Judith Shervin and James Nikowski, PhDs. They are a married couple, two of the country's most respected pioneering authorities on successful relationships. Their newest book is The Smart Couple's Guide to the Wedding of Your Dreams, Planning Together for Less Stress and More Joy. You can log on to smartweddingcouples.com. And you can call us after the break at 888-335-5204. Positive Living is on voiceamerica.com on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And the shows are now archived on the Voice America site. So you can log on there, and you can log on to my site, which is raskinresources.com. Okay, folks, we're going to take a break. Stay tuned. I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Solid programming. Outstanding shows. VoiceAmerica.com. Ever wonder what's in your future? Why you are the way you are? Or what your dreams really mean? Then tune in and call in to The Jackie Marie Show with professional psychic Jackie Marie. With over a reported 90% accuracy in her psychic predictions, Jackie Marie answers your questions on psychic phenomenon, dream interpretation, numerology, astrology, hypnosis, recognizing your own psychic gifts, and so much more. Along with her co-host, Alan Richard, Jackie also provides her psychic insight on celebrities, politicians, new items, and a mystery of the week. That's The Jackie Marie Show, broadcast every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, on voiceamerica.com. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. 
Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE-TODAY. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And this program, Positive Living, is on voiceamerica.com on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. We've been on the air with um, with this program now. I'm in my fourth year here, and I'm in my ninth year locally uh, where I live on Terrestrial Radio, and I really believe in positive living, that you can make your life happen the way you want it to, and I have all the experts on that tell us that this is so and give us the proof and the testimony. And so that's what my job is really on the planet, is to kind of be the pollinator. My, my symbol is the bubble bee, and I pollinate, and I bring you all these great things so that you can... Apply them and take them and add them to your lives and really create the life that you want. My guests today are Judith Shervin and James Nikowski, husband and wife team, both PhDs, and they are two of the country's most respected and pioneering authorities on successful relationships. Their, their books are Beloved for Who You Really Are and The New Intimacy, but their newest book that we're talking about today is The Smart Couple's Guide to the Wedding of Your Dreams, Planning Together for Less Stress and More Joy, and you can log on to smartweddingcouples.com. Welcome back, Judith and Jim. Thank you. Right. Okay, let's talk about one of the things that you were saying is that more and more men are getting involved in the planning of weddings. Talk that's, about that, Jim. That's true, Patricia. In October, Time Magazine published an article, and in the article they published the research report, research numbers, and they say that 80%, 80% of men are now active and full co-partners in the planning of their weddings. That is an evolutionary move from our perspective. We've also spoken with a guy named Jeff Daniels, who's the chief, uh, like the CEO of the Great Bridal Expo in New York City. He's telling us that grooms are showing up in equal numbers to bridal expos as men, at least in his experience. As as the brides. As brides brides themselves. Mm -hmm. And we've also spoken with Madeline Gardner. She is the designer for Maury Lee Gowns, the largest bridal gown manufacturing company in the United States. And she says that when she goes out to what she calls trunk shows, where she actually meets, she doesn't go to the distributor or the, or the retailer, she goes right to the customer. Mm-hmm. She says that men are showing up in the bridal salons and helping their brides pick out the gowns to the degree that one of them, she said, she had one experience where, the, where 
the the clerks were going to help go into the dressing room to help the bride try it on, and the groom said, "Not on your life! I'm going to go in there and help her try it on." And so guys are becoming more and more involved. And we did a book a book signing recently in upstate New York, and a man named Edgar, he was there, and he's a Marine, and he came. This was a a, a single man. I don't mean he he is engaged and he is planning a, mar- a wedding, but he was alone. He came and sat, and after it was over. He told he told us that his his idea of what to do with the wedding was very very much changed after having heard us. And this is a marine who's planning the wedding for he and his bride, and she is in medical school. Mm-hmm. So that sort of thing is happening all around the country. And we are talking to men, and they're saying, "Of course, I was just in the hardware store in this little town that we live in, speaking with these two people who I've known for five years now since we moved here." And they've been married for 25 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. And when I brought up the subject, she said, I thought it was my wedding. And I kept saying, it's my wedding. And he's standing right next to her. And he, ke- he said, I kept saying, it's our wedding. And mm-hmm. we actually have trouble around this. So that whole idea is shifting. And we predict it will bring down the divorce rate. Mm-hmm. Wow. And this is really, it's exciting material because it's positive. Because, you know, you everything you read is 50% of all divorces and marriages end in divorce, and second marriage is a tire, and third marriage is a tire, and you get, you know, it's a little bit, it's depressing. So let's lift people up. We have a couple of minutes left. Let's talk about Valentine's Day coming up. Judith and Jim, your thoughts. Well, Valentine's Day has typically been the day where men courted the women, and that's how women were raised to believe that. But blessedly, more and more that's changing as women have careers and they have the money, and they're realizing that romance is an equal opportunity opportunity. So it's important for both people to give gifts of whatever kind. The expense isn't the issue. It really is the care and the thought and, and the recognition that you want to honor the person that you care about. And, and in fact, Patricia, if we may, we have a website that people can visit if they're interested, and it is Judith and Jim. A-N-D, JudithAndJim.com mm-hmm. forward slash Valentine's with no apostrophe, dot H-T-M-L. And they, that might give them some ideas about uh, Valentine's right there, but we really encourage people to celebrate the love that they share. Patricia, I'd like to share with you a story between Judith and I. Uh, a number of years ago, I gave her a Valentine's gift. It consisted of three-by-five cards and the little stickies that children buy that they put on their books and things. And what I did was on each 3x5 card, I wrote a short poem, and I, I embossed the 3x5 card with a little sticky. And a, I, sticker. a sticker. And I gave her, one, I actually didn't give them to her, I planted them around the apartment one day, uh, for seven days in advance of Valentine's Day. I made mm-hmm. seven of them. And by the time we got to Valentine's Day, it was Happy Valentine's. And it was by her own admission, one of the most cherished gifts she ever received in her life, and it cost me probably three bucks. Mm, But each one of them was an expression of something from his heart, from Mm -hmm. him to me, and, of course, it was a surprise. We still have them. We still have them. Mm. All right, so in a couple of minutes we have left, what is your advice, and what is the bottom line for people planning the wedding of their dreams for couples? Number what do you want? One, What's your message? Number one, be clear what would give you joy and pleasure on your wedding day. 
Make sure that you don't design something that leaves you stressed and upset. And be sure that the two of you really plan to have that day be a day of pleasure, of romance, of connection between the two of you, and design your wedding around what we're calling the new American wedding. Mm. And I would say that the key principle that Judith and I teach vis-a-vis relationships is to remember that the other person is not you. There are two of you. You both have legitimate, from your perspectives, points of view. The points of view cannot be mocked or derided. They have to be integrated and understood. And if you can do that, you will create a foundation for the wedding planning process as well as the marriage and the children that you will bring into that marriage that will withstand the future tests and the blows that life will bring you as well as bring you terrific joy and and comfort and peace. Mm. Thank you both so much for coming on the program. Oh, Patricia, it's always always a pleasure. pleasure. (laughs) Always. Thank you. Well, stay on the line. Thank you. We just want to remind people, my guests today have been Judith Shervin and James Nikowski, PhDs, husband and wife team, and their brand-new book is The Smart Couple's Guide to the Wedding of Your Dreams, Planning Together for Less Stress and More Joy. Log on to smartweddingcouples.com. Next week, I have a pre-recorded show with a very famous, renowned author. Her name is Gail Sheehy, who made history with her book, Passages, which was on the New York Times bestseller list for more than three years, and it was named one of the ten most influential books of our time by a Library of Congress survey. She will discuss her brand-new book, Sex and the Seasoned Woman, Pursuing the Passionate Life. And you can log on to gailsheehy.com. And, again, that's next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com. Until next time, I just want to tell you all that it's an honor and pleasure to be with you. Log on to VoiceAmerica.com to listen to the archives of this show and my other programs, as well as log on to RaskinResources.com for a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, and to see about the work that I do. So, folks, until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great day. listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com.